Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, y'all. Happy Wednesday. How's the week going? Oh, boy. I'm excited because uh, Hulu dropped some Halloween movies. Netflix will be dropping there soon. Love Halloween. It's... uh, well, not here in California so much, but when I was on the East Coast, it was fall, so the weather got cooler, the breeze, it was a little darker earlier, the trees, I love it. It's also my birthday month, I'm a Scorpio, the end of this month is my birthday. Oh man, it's going to be different this year, we keep talking about that, every holiday is going to be different this year, and you know, my birthday, it really depends. Sometimes I've thrown big events and brought people together. Um, whenever I do that, I always cover the bill, I don't want people to show up at my birthday dinner, worrying about how much it's going to cost and all that. I just say, look, everything's covered. Just come and have fun with me. I've also done some smaller things, some haunted hayride kind of stuff. I love Halloween. I like scary movies, horror movies. Um, (laughs) So you're going to see a lot of more posting. You're going to see more of me posting things like that on my own social media. But uh, let me know what you guys are watching horror movie wise. Uh, I've seen all the, you know, basic ones, of course. I'm a huge fan. So I want to know about the newer ones or the lesser known ones. Usually the more simpler. I'm not a big fan of the supernatural stuff, though. It doesn't tend to have much of a storyline. It's just weird stuff happening all over the place. So I like ones that have more of a storyline. Um, but it's going to be different this year, right? All the holidays are going to be different this year. Got to show up to things differently, but that's okay. Difference doesn't Different doesn't mean bad or wrong or broken or pathological. It just means creative and new, right? Also want to remind everyone, look, it's midweek. Are we centering our days in self-care, joy, pleasure, and rest? If not, do it. That's every single day, right? That's how we're going to get through COVID. But I want that to be a normal part of all of our lives where we are centering, again, self-care, joy and pleasure and rest. Don't work harder, faster, or more optimal. No, we're not doing that anymore. No more grind culture. We're slowing down. We're being more honest. We're being more open. We're resting. We're healing. There's so much healing we have to do. Drop the bar. Lower the expectations. We're doing 60%. That's good enough. That's best, right? Give yourselves a break. Give everyone around you a break. We're letting things go. We're coming back to them down the road. We're settling down. We're nourishing ourselves. That's what this year, the rest of the year is about. So what have you done today that's rooted in self-care, joy and pleasure and rest, all three? Sometimes it's one thing, sometimes it's three separate things. Do that. If your day doesn't have time for that, then your day is not in balance. That should be something that starts your day or at least can find place in your day. And if not, I don't think your priorities are right, ma'am. And that's how we're going to look out for ourselves. So make sure you're doing that every day. You can plan it the night before, plan it the day of. You can check in. So that's our midday check-in also. Have you registered to vote? Reach out to those around you. Send them a little link. Hey, have you registered to vote? If not, here's a link. It's quick and easy. 
Also, um, get those ballots back as soon as you get them. But yeah, lovingly check in on those around you. Have great educational conversations. If they say, I'm undecided or I'm not sure I'm voting, speak to them about why it's important and why voting for a Democrat this year is usually always important, but especially so because we want to look out for women, people of color, uh, black people, gay people, trans people, all sorts of rights already been taken away by Trump and we don't want more to come. So it's really, it matters this year. You know what I mean? And that's how you can be a little activist on all different kinds of levels, macro, meso, or micro. You know, what are you doing yourself? Uh, are you reaching out to those around you? And larger than that, if you're part of a system, especially if you have a position of power, look around. How many people that are black of color or gay are given positions of power wherever you are? And if not, why not? And if not, how can we get that to be the case, right? Not tokenism, but truly giving people of color and gay people and trans people positions of power so that ethics can change and it can be more inclusive and representative. So let's do that. Um, got a great show planned for you though. Uh, we're gonna be talking with Ryan and Shear from Let's Go There. Talk about this really important difference between genital prime and, um, well, this idea that as we age, people think that your sexuality, your sexual prime is behind you. It's not true. Sexual prime is actually ahead of us. We age into it. Our genital prime might be when we're younger, but that's not the most important, meaningful part of our sexuality. We'll talk about that. Sharon Ryan from Let's Go There. We'll be getting together to talk that one out. And uh, also talking about nightmares and COVID. Look, COVID's brought a lot of new things forward. Some people are like, I usually have a lot of energy. I don't now. I'm tired. Some people say, usually I'm really focused, but I have a lot of brain fog. Others are saying I'm not sleeping well. And for some, that's nightmares. So we're going to talk about that. Got to normalize it. Not because we're trying to be normal, but because it reminds you that you're not alone, that it's not a sign of something being wrong. It's actually an ex expectation, expect it. And if it happens, say, ah, there it is. This is something that we're all in together. It's community building, right? We need community. And so we're gonna be talking about that. Question of the night, as always, that's up on our Loveline IG page. So it's in the stories, weighing on that. I always love that one. And then some DMs. Uh, but coming up next, we're gonna talk about some news. Um, lots of things going on. I'm gonna try to make it good news though. It's a lot of positive changes, right? A lot of... Negative things are happening, bad things, but uh, we can honor that, be present to that. We're not denying that, not minimizing it, but we can also turn our attention to the other side where there's always some joy and positive things to be found. In fact, as I said, I'm mandating that people do that. How can I create some joy and pleasure in my current situation, right? And there's a lot of ways to do that, but it's important that we're able to do that. That's how we are more resilient and our mental health is more robust and we're able to participate in our lives outside of that, right? So that's like the core center. So anyway, all of that and more to come. Um, Loveline is always as podcasted at We Are Channel Q. So, you know, you can spend some more time with me. All right, y'all, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, we're back. Question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page. Now we're going to talk about some news. Uh, I love this one. Forbes put out an article looking at the, way, the fact and the way that pets can help support our mental health and also reduce loneliness, especially during lockdown. We talked about that a couple months ago, um, how you know animals need homes. And right now, a lot of people are home. And an animal is a really great way to bring a little energy and joy and support into your life. More so than a lot of people realize. I was never a pet owner. I wasn't really raised with pets, but I got a cat a couple years ago. It's a long story. But glad I have that little bundle of joy. She makes me laugh. She keeps me company. It really does help and it really does matter. I'm telling you, it's been huge for me. Otherwise, my, my living situation in a lot of ways would be very flat, very singular. So think about adopting, but make sure that you can handle the responsibility of what you're taking on because at some point the world's going to open up and we're going to be going back to our lives. You don't want to all of a sudden not have the time or resources for that pet. You don't want to misuse that. You don't want to be sending the poor thing back or having the thing home all alone by itself. Pets 
want company. So if you're home now, great. But if you're going to be gone all the time after, pet's not the right thing for you. It's just not fair to the pet to have it locked in a cage all day long or by itself. You're not thinking about them. You're thinking about yourself. And uh, so make sure it's something that can fit into your lifestyle. The uh, vets I've interviewed have said that pets will adjust to a changing schedule at some point. They'll be glad to have you around a lot now. But consider it, especially if you're lonely. A lot of, a lot of pets need homes. So look into it. Find a local shelter. Give a pet that needs a home a home. 76% of LGBTQIA people said that they're voting for Biden. 17 will vote for Trump. I do not know what's wrong with that 17 of anyone who's voting, but 76% of LGBTQIA are voting for Biden. Yeah, because he's got our backs. He supports the community. Um, he is notoriously homophobic. I, I, they're, oh my God, I'm not even gonna get into it, but I'm glad to see that. <laughs> uh, Putin over here in Russia, God bless, gay men with children have been warned by authorities that they could face arrest. Imagine, imagine you're in a relationship, gay or straight, you have your kids, you could be under arrest for that. Why? Well, because under a new rule, he's declaring that gay men in Russia who have had children via surrogacy might face arrest for baby trafficking. That is a severe misuse of someone trying to create family. One, one of many forms of having a family is to have children. Family can exist in other ways, through friends, et cetera, et cetera. But to call it baby trafficking, that's not what that is. That's, it's a very legal, thoughtful way that they had a child, but it's so homophobic over there. And Putin's a buddy of Trump, and he's a dictator and a fascist like Trump, and that's what we're looking at, possibilities of things like that. Um, that's horrible. So the media reported the source within the country's investigative committee compared surrogacy to baby trafficking and insisted that it was an offense for men with non-traditional orientations to use their sperm for IVF. That's disgusting. Further quote, we plan to arrest a number of suspects, single men and Russian citizens who have used surrogate mothers to give birth to children, the source said. I, I'm not even really sure what to say, honestly. This is a cold, dark moment. Russia needs a lot of care and support from us for our friends and family members that are LGBTQIA over there. I was, I was telling you guys, welcome to Chechnya. It's a heartbreaking documentary. Check it out about the violence that happens to gay individuals over in Russia. It's disgusting. And this is something Trump's a part of, and he's trying to roll something like that out. That's why the 70% that are going to vote for him, shame on you. Truly, truly, truly shame on you. That's a mess. In a better turn of event, gay men and straight women can form legally recognized conjugal relationships, a court decides in a landmark ruling. Awesome. I want all forms of relationship and family and love to be honored. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's better or wrong. So a gay, a gay man and a straight friend, I, I don't know why it's said that way. Is it not allowed to be done in the inverse? Um, Canada courts are going to recognize them in a conjugal relationship. It involves a gay refugee who came to Canada and a straight woman we met overseas, and they push for the expansion of the definition because they're a loving couple. Great. I want people to have it the way they want. Look, the law should meet where people are at. People shouldn't be squeezed into archaic, outdated laws. Just like we say all the time, some people are in relationships with more than two people. The marital laws need to meet people where they're at. It's expanding. You need to allow more than two people to get married. That's right. People shouldn't be squeezing into outdated laws and institutions that don't meet us where we're at. People come first, more so than tradition. Remember, tradition is a bunch of people that are dead still somehow implying guilt and pressure on you. That's what tradition and customs are. That is long gone. Let some of them be long gone. Let's get our needs met based on who we are, what's happening in our current world. I'm here for that. Um, so that's awesome, right? Especially if you're looking at the news of what's going on in Russia. That's a mess. Love this one. It's going to upset some people. So Apple, they're constantly updating their emojis. And I shared with you guys on another uh, segment that there's a group and it's their job to decide which emojis are gonna happen. That sounds like a fun job to have, but they're going to include gender neutral Santa Clauses. 
uh, a lot of gender neutral people. I'm all about this. Uh, so it's going to be a mix, a mix MX clause, not Mr. Not Mrs. MX. And uh, there's a whole bunch more coming though. So here's the list of some of the newbies. So um, we're going to have white, pink, and blue transgender flags. Awesome. Gender variations for people wearing tuxedos or veils. Love that. That means users can opt to see a man or a female presenting person in those positions. Also, as we said, a gender neutral alternative to Mrs. and Mr. Claus, right? Love that. Also, we have coming a smiling face with a tear. <laughs> happy, happy sadness. Also, two people hugging. It's a little odd. I'm not a fan of it. It's kind of like a shadow outline. People feeding a baby. Okay, different genders. New insects and animals. And a glass and mustache wearing disguised face. Do not really know what that's about. Uh, the release comes after a governing body who's in charge of them. I love that. Uh, they approved, ready, 117 new emojis. What? Where, do, where does all of that go? I guess they drop old ones. 117 new ones. I don't know. And finally, we'll end on this one. I love this. I love this. A Japanese airline will no longer say ladies and gentlemen in their announcements. They're adopting gender inclusive language. Why would you not? It, you're just being honest with what's in front of you. There's some people that aren't male or female. Why would you argue that? Who cares? So this week, they're going to use more gender inclusive language. Um, they're going to say things like attention all passengers. Awesome. Let people feel honored and cared for. According to a spokesperson from the airline, they plan to abolish expressions that are based on binary definition of sex and instead use gender-friendly expressions like good morning and good evening. I love that. I'm here for that. Air Canada might be behind them with that. Bam. Love it. I'm here for that. Any kind of changes. Social justice. It matters. Mental health is tied to seeing yourself represented, included, and uh, respected. Bam. Who could argue that? Sadly, a lot of people, you know? All right, coming up next, we're going to be dispelling some relational myths that might be fouling up your relational success and sustainability and then sliding into those DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and we're talking about relational myths. And that's because a lot of the things that, you know, we believe, we've been told, we've bought into just aren't necessarily the best for us. They're not sustainable. They're not necessarily going to give us the best or the, you know, from ourselves or from our partner. And I hear some of the same things getting passed around all the time. So we're kind of busting down some of the myths and really getting some truths. But as I said, this is really first about you assessing yourself. What kind of partner am I being, right? Because you don't want to create the kind of relationship where you're being emotionally abusive or toxic or just not, you know, enhancing to this other that you have in your life. But it's also about assessing how they're impacting you too. So we're looking at yourself and we're looking at other. So we're on the next one. This one is sexual chemistry is a must for a relationship to succeed. So this is a really complex one. I value people being in relationships that have sexual chemistry and compatibility. If you want to be monogamous, it's mandatory. If you want to be in a monogamous relationship, you need to have sexual chemistry and compatibility. Otherwise, good luck. It's going to be very tough. I, as a sex therapist, can help enhance what's already there, but I can't create chemistry if it doesn't exist. So whatever level of chemistry you have, we can make it a little more fun, a little more arousing, a little more explorative, but that's still the base core of it. And so please have sex early on in the relationship, have affection, have sex, have eroticism to see if the compatibility and chemistry is there. Because if it isn't, you're going to have a lot of problems. You're going to be missing that magnetism. You're going to be missing that passion. And it leads to a lot of problems. And it also is a missing bridge to connection, depth, and intimacy. Sex is a really beautiful, powerful thing. And so again, explore that. Really take time and explore that. So can couples, though, have a relationship that's built more in a friend style? Sure. 
Absolutely. If they both have that kind of need sexually, some people are more asexual or lower sexual and that works where sex isn't a priority and their intimacy is so powerful on other levels all as well. But if one or both partners are hypersexual, have a higher sex drive or see sex like I do as a really powerful transformative thing as an access to self-care and pleasure, then yes, you're going to have some relational issues and sexual chemistry is an absolute must. I see too many relationships that are suffering because they're missing that bridge, that level and access to fun and connectivity. Also, another one is forgive and forget is the best way to get past difficulties. Well, again, yes and no. I like people that skew more forgiving. I don't think holding on resentments is really a healthy thing, but there are some things that we shouldn't get rid of or move past. So again, we want to make sure as long as our partner's open to change and being better, then I'm comfortable with people letting go of things. But if our partner isn't and they're not willing to be self-aware, self-reflective, they're not willing to have conversations where you reflect back what it's like to be with them and maybe some changes you might require, then you can't let things go because they just build up and accumulate, right? But if, an apart- if a partner is willing to apologize, which means they acknowledge they're sorry and it's heartfelt, they're willing to take accountability that they did something wrong and they're willing to share and talk about and actually do and take action on the changes to make sure it won't happen again, then they're safe, right? That's all I want is us to be in relationships where they'll listen to us. We can influence them and they'll say, yeah, you're right. I want to be better. Bam. That's safe. Forgive and let go. But if you're with someone who's never willing to hear criticism and isn't willing to make changes and says, I'm the way I am, or this is just how I am, or you knew who I was, then you're not in a relationship that's very toxic. We all need to grow. We all need to be willing to get feedback and hear how we're impacting someone. Then you can forgive. And if you have a larger issue, it's actually a very problematic and toxic relationship. Uh, next one, it's always better to solve a problem right away. That's a myth. I say to people, go to bed angry. Some people say, don't never go to bed angry. Yeah, I think you should. If you're overwhelmed and you're flooded and you're thinking, wow, I'm not going to be proud of how I'm speaking or the way I'm speaking to my partner, feeling about them. I don't feel okay about keep your mouth closed, go to bed in the morning. You will feel better. You might even not care anymore, but to just battle it out for the sake of, we don't want to go to bed angry or battling it out for the sake of, I just need to deal with this. Now you'll say things that you can't take back and you'll create wounds that can't be healed sometimes. So when you're feeling overwhelmed and flooded, when you're feeling dysregulated, close your mouth and step away. Always. I never advocate for just standing there and battling it out because we need to just get this. No, Part of a relationship means we're going to come back to things. Maybe it'll take us a year to work through something because we prioritize the safety of our relationship. And a healthy partner will say, wow, I don't feel comfortable with the way I'm talking about you or the way I might talk to you or about you. So I'm going to step away and we'll come back to this. And we have to be willing to come back to things. I'm not saying we ignore it. I'm not saying we sweep it under the carpet. We have to be willing to say, let's come back to this. Some couples only discuss certain issues in my office with my presence because they do require me to be there. And if that's what you need, that's what you need because your relationship is worth it. So is your mental health. And so don't battle things out just to battle them out. And sometimes, yes, go to bed, go to bed angry. And you sometimes won't even care in the morning. It don't do or have conversations while flooded. Um, bum, bada, bum. Next myth. Don't try to change your partner. Well, it's yes and no to that, right? We do want to try to accept people for who they are. We do want to allow them to be who they are, but we are allowed to reflect back and let someone know what it's like to be in a relationship with them and to see if they're open to changing within the context of who they are. I don't believe in fixer uppers or trying to shift who someone is. Find people you are compatible and have chemistry with. But within that context, yes, we should and be able to push and ask for change. And then finally, the myth, the right kind of love can conquer all. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means. So we're going to leave that one there. Coming up next, DMs. So question night, it's up on our Loveline IG page. Still time to weigh in on that. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com.
All right, y'all, we're back. And guess what? It's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world and we want you to explore it with confidence. Here we go. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I have three kids, eight, six, and five. I'm struggling to get them to understand why we can't have Halloween this year, like normal or any holiday for that matter. Do you have any suggestions on how to talk to kids about what's going on? Yeah, kids are aware of what's going on, right? They, they, they've noticed that life is different, that they can't just see their friends and family. They notice people wearing masks. I think you should be honest. Give kids age-appropriate but honest information. So what you start with is you, you always give everyone honest information. Whenever your kid asks a question, that means that it's that topic is appropriate. They've encountered it. They've heard about it. They're wondering about it. So you got to meet children where they're at. So if a child has a question... That means it's time to talk. And then the, the follow-up should be, now how do I say this in a way that meets them where they're at based on their level of development? So it's always gonna be the same information. It's just how much and, what are the, and what's the wording you use. You don't wanna scare your kids. And so it's talking about things being different. You know, uh, holidays are gonna be different this year. Why? Well, we're in a pandemic. There's a flu that's going around. That's why we're washing our hands. That's why we're home all the time. That's why we're not in school. That's why we're wearing masks and we're staying safe and we'll be all right. But use the word different. It's going to be different. Just as much fun, but different. It's gonna We're going to do different activities. It's still going to be Halloween, but different. And you can still dress up. You can still put together costumes. Because what's Halloween about? Fun. So focus on that. It's not about doing it the same way every year. It's about fun. So have fun. Have costumes still. Put them together. You can still buy candy. You can still give out candy to your kids in a different way. You can play games, Halloween-themed games. You can take every game you normally play and somehow make it Halloween-based. You can watch age-appropriate Halloween films. Tons are being released. Netflix, Hulu, iTunes. Um, Play some scary music. You can decorate cookies together. You can play music and eat the candy. You can play music and play a game. I mean, it's all the same except we're not going outside and knocking on strange neighbors' doors. Um... Maybe you choose a few neighbors that you feel close with and you create a pod. We're going to wear masks. We're going to self-isolate, but we're going to go to each other's homes one at a time, get some candy, go home, wash our hands. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it, but it's not going to be the grand event it used to be where in a carefree way, we just in hordes of numbers of people went together to knock on doors. It's going to be different. That's the key word, but that doesn't, different doesn't mean less than, difference doesn't mean bad. So again, this is the same question when you have to talk to kids about sex. If they ask you a question, that means it's appropriate to answer whatever their question is. The answer should never be you're too young to talk about that. You talk about it, but in a way where the answer and conversation meets them at their age level, which sometimes is one sentence, you know? And so each of your children in a different age might get a different answer, all the same information that it's just different this year, but still going to be rooted in fun and costumes. But the way you talk about it's just a little different. So I hope that helps. I mean, that's what we're going to have to do with all the upcoming holidays. There's a lot that go on. I mean, and I'm really noticing the impact of that. We have a lot coming up and this, this pandemic isn't going away anytime soon. So that's why the way you talk about it is important because that tells me you're honoring that we can't do it the same way. And that's important because that tells me that we're going to get through this faster. So I know it's different. I know it's not the same, but you got to get creative. And that's what I'm saying to people about their birthdays and Christmas and things like that. It's all rooted in time together and fun. And that can still happen, right? It's not that we have to do it the same way. And if you're getting upset that it's different, well, then you're hung up on the wrong aspects of it. And you're not really centering yourself around the core of what it's supposed to be, right? 
And so we can still spend time together on Zoom, on FaceTime, you know? And next year we can go bigger. But it's okay to miss a year. We have to throw, it's also a lesson in your children being more flexible, right? That difference isn't bad. It's also an act of patience, you know? And so that's just kind of where we're at. And we have to be able to just be present to what's happening. So there's your answer. I'm gonna be celebrating it still, just again, very differently with movies and music and, and, and junk food still, because that's awesome. But yeah, it's gonna be my birthday. My birthday's the end of October. That's gonna not be the way I usually have it, but that's okay, right? Flexible, learning diversity, right? Anyway. All right, y'all, uh, coming up next, we're going to be sitting down with uh, Sharon Ryan from Let's Go There. And this one's important. Again, we're going to be talking about why age and sexuality are not exactly the way we see it. And as we age, our sexuality becomes more honest, more real, and more arousing. So stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're going to be joined now uh, by the team from Let's Go There, Sheer and Ryan, and we're going to be talking about this whole concept that as we age, our sexuality should become more honest and more robust. So let's jump on in. How important is sex for women over 40? See, Sheer, this, uh, the last story was really centered around me. Now this story is for you strictly, so have fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also so that you don't need to make fun of me and about my sex life, you I'm know, going down the fun. drain as I get older. I wasn't so making this, fun. So let's get into this. So they oh, analyzed this data um, from this study called SWAN, the study of women's health across the nation. They found three distinct pathways in a woman's feelings about the importance of sex. About a fourth of the women, 28%, followed traditional thinking on the subject. They valued sex less during midlife years. But then there was another fourth of the women in the study that said the exact opposite. 27% of them said sex remains highly important through their 40s, 50s, 60s. And that was actually a surprising contradiction of the old age belief that all women lose interest in sex as they age. So I guess, uh, Dr. Chris, why do you think there is this myth? that sex gets worse yeah. for women or that they just don't care about it as they age. I have, I have so many thoughts about everything you just said. You know, one of the things you just set up was one of my issues with research, right? Where sexual-based research is notoriously um, not reliable. People will not feel confident really being honest in sexual research. And also, as you said, the studies done on old win all women, were they black? Were they larger bodied? No were idea. they hetero or gay? All those yeah. things actually matter because these other levels of oppression are gonna impact our ability to feel safe asserting ourselves or not. Having said all that, we confuse two factors. There's sexual prime and genital prime. So yes, oh, wait. in, in your younger years, yeah. yeah, we have genital prime, which means our genitals are at their easiest level of functioning. We're gonna get lubricated to the most we could ever, uh, aroused, we can, you know, it's more reliable. That's genital prime. So yes, as we age, we will lose some of that. But we hopefully move into sexual prime, which does not exist as a child or a youth or an adolescent or young adult. And as we get older, we hopefully get more confident in who we are sexually. Okay. We get more embodied and it actually builds. Okay, so what, you know, we, we just had a huge pop culture moment with Cardi B and WAP, right? How much does that play into this myth? And is it a good thing or a bad thing? I want to thank them. <laughs> because if nothing else, it gets an important conversation started, regardless of where we even land on our thoughts about it, right? And then number two, two women, two women of color, um, proudly asserting uh, and building a career off of their sexuality is a really powerful counterbalance to yeah. how sexphobic we are. Because as I said in our last segment, women are trained to believe still that if they're sexual, they're not going to be a good mother. They're not really wife material, not someone you want to introduce to the family. But studies are showing it's women, 
hetero women that are asking for more open relational styles, trying out group sex and rising in the numbers of use of porn. Well, that makes sense because there, there was such a past where that wasn't accepted or accessible or available in a way. Well, right. And so we're kind of breaking through it. Yeah, we are. We need people to show us what's possible and to inspire us. And Cardi B and Megan, they did that. They're letting people know what that, that that's okay. And they're letting people maybe relate to that. So as we wrap this up, like how do we move into our sexual prime, whether it be alone or with our partners as we get really, older? Really take some time and move through the world, noticing what turns you on. It's going to be more than just gender. It's going to be all these other factors. Acknowledge what you fantasize about, maybe the porn you like to watch, and really just honestly start to acknowledge and document what truly turns you on and then try to find ways to engage that safely. Oh, I love this topic. As we age, we hope we have more confidence and uh, can really fully embody who we are. Good stuff. You can check out Let's Go There on Channel Q. That comes on before Loveline. Coming up next, we're going to talk about nightmares and COVID. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and Radio.com. All right, we're back and uh, we're going to talk about COVID and nightmares. So, you know, again, what's interesting is whenever there's a major cultural event or even a specific individual event for someone, it can create new mental health experiences, right? And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. It doesn't mean it's going to be longstanding. Often they are contextualized. They're a result of something that's happening. They're born out of that specifically. So a lot of what we're dealing with in COVID is new and foreign to a lot of people or the level of something because it's amplified. But it's COVID related, which means it's not a mental illness or mental disorder. It's just a reaction to what's going on, a very healthy and necessary reaction, which is why I'm talking about how normal it is to say that's, that's what that's about. And so when there's a normal reaction to something that's going on outside in the world, it's not about getting rid of it. We're not going to get rid of our anxiety or depression around the election or COVID. That's real. You're supposed to feel sad and depressed. Something bad is happening. Mental health is about tapping into a full range of human emotion, not trying to always think positive or look on the bright side. That's toxic. Sometimes things are horrible and it's okay to acknowledge that. So, um, nightmares is part of it. And some of that's because at nighttime, we don't have any distractions. And that's why a lot of people struggle to fall asleep because their mind starts ruminating. Well, that's because your mind is finally very present. And that's a sign that you're not very present with yourself often. Normally, we're thinking something, we're looking at something, reading something, watching something, listening to music, a conversation. And then when we lay down and we're just left with ourselves in the silence, that's when we really encounter ourselves and whatever we're worrying about. And that's why one of the ongoing best ways to help someone stay out of their anxiety when they're falling asleep is to fall asleep to music, fall asleep to the television. Because your mind, your unconscious will be still listening to that, thereby not leaving space to worry. Again, it's the idea that we can't multitask. We can only focus on one thing at a time. And if the silence of falling asleep lets your mind focus on anxiety, you focus it on something else. Again, with music, sounds, or television. It's the best way to fall asleep for someone whose anxiety spikes. Other people take sleep aids, right? They are sleepy time teas, which help knock us out, medicinal marijuana, so all sorts of ways to manage that. Now, researchers have shown and reported in studies that more than half, more than half of all bad dreams recorded right now are COVID-related. They somehow involve that more than half. Well, that's because dreams are real. They do matter. Dreams aren't some useless form of consciousness or content right? They are born of us, from us, and part of our experience. It's just a different language. And so working with our dreams and listening to them is a meaningful level of interaction with true consciousness. I hate that the field of psychology doesn't teach dream work or dream analysis. We just disregard it. It's a different level of consciousness. We're not, we are pulling the imagery of our dreams from somewhere, from our lived experience. And there's something in that. There is an intelligence to that. 
And um, it makes sense that whatever's going on around us finds its way into our dreams, which is where we often work through things. You know, dream time and rest is about memory consolidation, the pruning of neural connections that we don't need anymore, but there's also a communication and an intelligence to that. And so please ignore anyone telling you that dreams don't matter. Also, those dream books are useless because at the symbolism of a dream is going to be individual. You know, a dog is going to mean something different to everyone. So a dream book that says this is what a dog always means, I'm sorry. It means different things to different cultures and different generations, different races, different sexual experiences. And that's why dream work is saying, for me, I'm dreaming about, let's say, a dog. What what do dogs symbolize or what have they symbolized or what have they meant in my experience? Because the dog is coming from your personal experience. There's no universal meaning for anything. We all have our own individual experiences. Experts also recommend ways to reduce nightmares, mean include not dwelling on the bad dream, but it's okay to work with it and work through it. We don't just ignore it, but you don't need to dwell on it. Um, and also just trying to have some thought control. We have more control over our thought process than we realize. But again, we spend our lives so distracted that we never get the opportunity to realize that they're more flexible than we think. You can change your thinking, but it's a tool. You have to practice. So if you choose to practice that at night, reorient your thinking. Wow, I'm thinking about horrible things and it's spiking my anxiety and it won't let me sleep. Well, let me start thinking about other things that are very soothing and calming. I do it all the time. It's very possible to do that. We need to practice that. So that's part of it. And um, also just lowering your stress level. It's all about good sleep hygiene. If you go to bed while anxious, bam, you're gonna be anxious while in bed. But if you have a nighttime routine and say, listen, before I go to bed, I don't wanna enter into my bedroom and my bed and my sleep time carrying anxiety. What do I wanna carry in with me? Make sure whatever you're doing before bed is soothing and positive, and that might be the experience you carry with you, right? And so have routine turn off anything negative or, or anything that kind of overly stimulates you before you go to bed. That's, that's really powerful, right? So again, don't be afraid of the things you're dreaming. Don't be afraid of having nightmares. That doesn't necessarily mean it'll be forever. But right now, that's kind of where a lot of us are at. And we have to learn how to encounter these things. Don't be afraid of it, right? Because going, going back to what I said about the, the meaning, the value to our dreams, that dreams are one of the ways that our mind processes emotions, right? It's, it's a, there's, there's an intelligence, as I said, and especially intense ones, right? And for most people, the dreams stop when some of these things are resolved or go away. And so that's why I say, for some of us, these symptoms are born out of COVID directly. And it will mean waiting till COVID's gone for us to have these things removed. And until then, it's just about management. And that's the unfortunate thing I have to tell some people as a therapist is are some things are born out of what's happening around you. It's a healthy response even though it doesn't feel good to have that depression, that anxiety, that sadness. But what we don't wanna do is further complicate it by shaming the fact that that experience is making you sad or anxious, right? We need to just allow. We have to find more acceptance sometimes with where we are and not have that American perspective that anything that's quote unquote negative, we have to get rid of it immediately and resolve it. Sometimes in therapy, I say to my patients, we're gonna be carrying this with us for a while because we're gonna actually go into it and figure out what it's about. We're not just gonna remove it keep putting out the fires. We're going to go to the core and figure out what is this saying? What's going unacknowledged? What hasn't been worked through or processed? So again, the focus is make quality sleep a priority, right? It impacts your next day. It impacts your immune system. It impacts your mental health. So prioritize that. Have a ritual. Don't dwell on the nightmares. Practice having some flexibility with your thought processes and your dreams. You can, you can go to bed and start manipulating what you're thinking about as you fall asleep and skew it into a more empowering perspective. 
Um, reducing stress in general, but again, especially before bed, it's going to be really powerful. Um, and just seeking help if you feel like these things are on st- uh, ongoing. And that's sometimes when you reach out to a therapist saying, listen, I'm doing all the work I can around these dreams, but they're becoming more powerful or they're really distressing. And I wanted to just get your help to work through whatever it is that I might not be addressing. Because sometimes we have an area that we're not really focusing enough on and a therapist can kind of bring us back to that. So, all right, y'all, coming up in two minutes, two minute promise, we're going to be doing question of the night. Still some time to weigh in on that. And then we'll be closing out with a DM. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back. It's time for question of the night. Question of the night is always up on our Loveline IG page in the stories. So uh, bust on over there, weigh in on that for tomorrow. But tonight, bump a bum imagine it's summer 2021. The sun is shining, no masks in sight, and the world has gotten rid of the coronavirus. What's the first thing you're doing in a post-COVID world? Oh. <laughs> Fingers crossed. It's hard, uh, it's hard for me to even kind of imagine. It's speculative fiction at this point. Anyway, question of the night tonight is, what's the first thing you're doing in a post-COVID world? God bless it. First person said, finally going on my honeymoon. Oh, I love that. You're going to get a vacation and a honeymoon, and it's going to mean more because it's being delayed. You know what I mean? You're going to celebrate that COVID's resolved, no more lives lost to that. Businesses are opening up and flourishing. People are getting back to work. Relationships are getting the needed breath and breathing room. All's well. Again, question tonight is what's the first thing you're doing in a post COVID world? Someone said going to a concert. I know. It's not the same watching it from your couch. I know people are talking about drive in concerts. I'm not mad at that. But I know it's not necessarily the same thing. For me, I want to I want to be busting my moves. Like I'm those people where I can't handle seats. I like to be on the floor so I can just dance and move around and talk to people. For me, concerts are like an all-encompassing thing. I want all the senses. I want to smell the smoke machine. I want it in my eyes. I want the light effects. I want to hear my favorite songs like coursing through my body. You know what I mean? Moving my body to the beat. Like I'm all in. Sex too. It sounds like I was just talking about sex there. But I think for me, some concerts with bands that I'm in love with can be pretty much like a sex. It's a sexual moment. Question tonight, what's the first thing you're doing in a post-COVID world? Someone said, visiting my parents overseas. Yeah, sending out love to you. That's it's hard being apart. Someone else said, booking a trip. I know, we're all ready to go. We're ready to get in the car, get on the airplane. Where are y'all going though? Um, again, question of the night is we're imagining it's summer 2021 and the sun's out, no more masks, the coronavirus is handled. And the question is, what's the first thing you're doing in a post-COVID world? Someone said, finally going to see my hookup. COVID, sa- COVID safe is great, but kind of sucks. I know, I know. Everyone wants their sex lives back. I know. Everyone wants to be going on their dates, hooking up, exploring sexuality and romanticism and just living life to the fullest. It's a bummer. Trust me, I'm with you in in all of it. I'm following all the precautions. Uh, I'm in a relationship with someone who's in Canada. So it's been difficult for us to see each other, but we've been doing what we can do and maintaining things. And thank God for technology. I'm telling y'all, I've said it before, but I don't know what we do in these moments without technology. Question tonight, what's the first thing you'd be doing in a post-COVID world? Someone said going dancing and using all the points I've racked up to go to Europe. Bam. Where are you going in Europe? I want to go to Berlin. I want to go somewhere cold. I need some cold, uh, but dancing, I get it. I'm telling you it's, it can be a transformative, magical experience, orgasmic. I'm not like a dancer dancer. Like I don't, I'm not the kind of guy that goes to a bar club and like dances in that way, but 
Concerts, powerful time. Question night, what's the first thing you do in a post-COVID world? Someone said traveling for sure. Can't wait for the terrible airplane food again. I know. I'm telling you, man, if air travel could step their game up and make it easier and more pleasurable and more comfortable, my God, give us some space, some breathing room. Like you'll make a little less money, but like stop being such capitalist, greedy people. How much money do these CEOs need to make? How many cars do you all think you need to drive and, and houses? Jesus, give us all some breathing room. Question tonight, what's the first thing you're doing in a post-COVID world? Some people are like, I can't even, I can't even go there. I, I struggle a little bit. This seems so long standing that like my mind struggles to really play this game. But uh, someone said sitting at a restaurant for more than three hours. I mean, it's so funny how for a lot of us, it's the simple things. I want to have sex. I want to go sit at a restaurant. I want to go to a coffee shop. That's what my thing is. I just want to go sit in a crowded coffee shop and read and write and people watch and make new friends. Like I miss all of that. I also miss the gym. I miss throwing around weights and moving my body in a controlled environment with air conditioning and music and just seeing the people I used to always see. For me, some of these things like coffee shops and the gym are community building and it's some of my time out of the home, but yet it's my alone time. The gym's also one of the places where like I do some of my best thinking. I put on my music and I kind of zone out and I do some free association and some active imagination and just really work with and work through some stuff. So I've been kind of noticing the loss of that in my life. You know, it's funny though, the travel also, I kind of do miss going to the movies a little bit to think of it. And I do miss travel. Anyway, question tonight, always up on our Love Line AG page. Weigh in on that. Got a question tonight up already for tomorrow. Coming up next, we're going to be sliding into those DMs. So if you've got a question for me, go into those DMs on our IG page. We're always here for you. And if you want to check out old Love Line episodes, go to wearechannelq.com. And my show, I'm listening live every Thursday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on all the radio.com handles, Instagram. No, it's not on Instagram. It's Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You are listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. All right, y'all, we're back, and it's time for some DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world, and we want you to explore with confidence. Oh my gosh, before we get to the uh, DMs, I just want to share something with you. Uh, tonight is the presidential debate between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence, the vice presidential debate. So make sure you are watching that. Uh, I'm excited. Kamala is really growing into herself. She's going to kick some butt. Love seeing a female out there, especially a female of color. Also wanted to let you know, a Montana sex shop called Erotique. They're sending out free vibrators to people who prove they're registered to vote. I love that. That's them doing some activism via what they have access to. We'll send you a free vibrator if you've proven you've registered to vote. Um, I love that. And 95% of people uh, we asked said that they're registered to vote. 5% said no. So that's not bad based on this poll. I don't know how accurate it is, but let's get that 5% going. But uh, get that free vibrator or Atique in Montana. I love that. And look, people ask yourselves, what can you maybe offer? What can you use as an incentive to get people to really take this seriously and lean into it? Put it out there, throw it up. We're here for it. All right, DMs. DMs always come from our Loveline IG page. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, what's your honest opinion on dating someone with kids? I ask because I have a daughter. She's a bit older, 13, and I'm 33. I'm gay, so it's challenging to find another woman who even wants a kid in the first place. I'm not ashamed of my daughter, but I feel like sometimes I have to hold off on telling the other person that I have a kid because they always leave. I don't know where to look for someone or an easier way to tell people that I'm a mom because nothing's worked to this point. Uh, I, I'm sorry that that's the case. You know, anytime we date someone and enter their life, they bring gifts with them and having a child is a gift. You know, um, I actually do like dating people with children. 
I think it just adds more to the more to life. I like being around kids in that context. So I'm sorry that that happens. Do know that that's not everyone. So let's not, you know, catastrophize. There are some people that are open to that. Maybe they don't want a child themselves, maybe an older child like you have at 13 would make more sense to them. So, you know, don't have any shame about it. But um, I can understand the difficulty. People have these egos and visions of what they think they need in a partner or their life. We don't really know what that will look like. So saying no one with kids, you don't know the kid. You don't know the parent. You don't know how they parent. You don't know what that will look like. It might be a beautiful asset. So those that are listening, I'm going to kind of speak to our listeners. Be more open and flexible with your dating expectations and what you'll date. You know, get rid of your age restrictions. Meet people. See what it's really like. Get rid of the idea of how much money they have to make and how tall they have to be and if they have kids or not. Like, these are all ego deciding what we think that will mean. You don't know until you meet the person. So take the time to meet people. See what these things mean. It might be better than you think. Some people keep themselves single by being too closed. Their anxiety and their ego is leading what they'll date or who they're open to. Get rid of that because this poor person asking this question might be an amazing human being and is not being given an opportunity because people automatically make an assumption as to what having a child will mean. So don't do that. Um, and what I always say to people is, look, you don't owe people from the door or immediately full disclosure about everything that's going on in your life. People have to earn trust. You have to prove that you are worthy for me to share things with you. So people have to work and earn their way into deeper levels of who we are. You don't on the first couple of dates have to disclose an addiction history. You don't on the first couple of dates have to disclose anything other than what your favorite color is and what kind of music you like. It's called dating, slowly getting to know. And you slowly bring people into deeper, more triggering, more vulnerable parts of who you are. You do not owe it to someone from the door to explain that you have kids or you are bisexual or you have an addiction history. You don't share that with just anyone. You don't know if they're gonna go off in the world and do. They earn trust and we slowly share more first dates second dates third dates just have fun see what it's like to be with them see if the attraction and chemistry is there talk about the general parts of your life assess social compatibility do you drink do you not drink what do you like to do on the weekends stay there and then if that goes well and you move into another stage then you can share a little bit more what you do from work maybe some of your relational history and then you slowly build in and maybe share those deeper parts once they know you you know them and they'll be willing to also stick around because you have meaning and value and they now won't be thrown off by what they might make up about what some of these factors mean. So it's not lying or withholding, it's called privacy and boundaries. We get to have that. We don't need to disclose anxiously all the things that might be triggering. Same thing with STDs and STIs. Unless you're gonna have sexual contact, you don't. no one needs to know that for the first couple of dates. They earn their right and you share things when it's meaningful and valuable. Privacy and boundaries, that's part of mental health. And healthy people will honor that. Unhealthy people won't, people with no boundaries. And that's a red flag, so good to know. Um, all right, y'all. That's our DM. <laughs> Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. Wine is worth confidence. Love line podcasted at wearechantelq.com. And uh, I'm listening live, my live stream show. That's on all the radio.com handles. So check that out. Question night for tomorrow is up on our Love Line IG page in the stories. So weigh in on that. And uh, join us tomorrow. We've got a great show planned as always. Um, y'all, thanks for hanging out with me. Spend the rest of your night or day focused on self-care, joy, pleasure. And also rest, get out there and vote, send a link to others saying, hey, if you've registered, cool. If not, here's a link. And as always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. Have a beautiful, beautiful night.